0: Welcome to the Language of Ahava podcast, a podcast for families with young children. So what happens when a rabbi and an early childhood teacher walk into a podcast? I think it's going to be fun, and I'm sure it's going to be about connections. Hi, I'm Karen DeWister, and I'm the early childhood teacher.
1: And I'm David Steinhardt. I'm the senior rabbi at B'nai Torah Congregation. Every conversation that I have with Karen is always fascinating and leads to new ideas. So joining together with Karen, making connections together is really what our goal is.
0: I thank you, because what the perspective that you bring to my world and my experiences from the Torah, from tradition, from community, From parenthood and grandfatherhood, it's all magnificent. So here comes our podcast. Uh, We'll be posting every other Friday, just before Shabbat, because we want to make these connections with you. And when you give a little Ahava, you make this world a better place.
1: I'm ready, Karen. Let's get going.
0: Here we go. Hi, everyone. This is episode number 10. I am a Jewish mother. At least... Our guests are Jewish mothers, and I am so excited because we know that each mother is unique and each mother holds the world and the future in her hands. But in subtle and sometimes not so subtle ways, moms share things with other mothers, with traditions, with culture, and um, this is absolutely one of my favorite topics. Um, How are you today, Rabbi Steinhardt?
1: I'm well. It's also a topic I like also um, also, but it's, uh, it's a challenging topic in certain ways.
0: Okay. So tell us where your, uh, eggshells are.
1: Well, I think that, you know, popular culture, certainly, you know, going back to um, modern American Jewish literature really denigrated the Jewish mother as being over, you know, like, uh, overburdensome and highly opinionated and boundaryless, And so it created a really bad image for the Jewish mother and yet historically, you know, the Jewish mother is given great weight and, and really and beautiful value. So it's, that's where we're weighing those two things. Also, and the, the role of women in general has changed dramatically in the last few decades. And so that has obvious inf- implications for the Jewish mother.
0: And I love it. I, I want to go into all of that as much as we can in a short podcast. And I feel like, um, the there there is a way to it, but I I changed the topic title from "What is a Jewish mother," which I thought, no, that can't be. That's somebody else defining a culture, and I thought I want to change it to "I am a Jewish mother" and let the Jewish mothers speak for themselves, um, own the pieces of the tradition or the cliches that they feel like owning, and throw out the rest. Um, I do have a definition of a Jewish mother from Urban Dictionary that I found this morning, and it said, a Jewish mother is an unstoppable force of nature that will feed you, pamper you, and pester you at the slightest provocation, I'm, I'm, I'm waving my hands here, known to spout Yiddish randomly, be warned, if you come to my house, you will leave with a full stomach and a bag of leftovers. And and I will say that the unstoppable force of nature is the part that I most love about this. Um, And I also love even that I was a little bit taken aback by the pester, but I thought what I love as I started to um, share time with Jewish mothers here at B'nai Torah 20 years ago, young Jewish mothers is that Jewish mothers have a voice. And that is something that I feel um, really excited about the power of being a Jewish mother. But we have three amazing guests today. We have Carol Cohen, uh, grandmother, Jewish mother, And we have her daughter, Stacy Cohen, and we have, um, who we're meeting for the very first time, Heather Samuels, who is a Jewish mother, but is also married to a, now I presume, a Catholic man. So uh, we have some of the interfaith pieces. Carol, let me pass it to you. Um, what What does the phrase mean to you? What's your experience what do you identify and not? And how do you compare that to who your daughter is as a, and her friends as a Jewish mother?
2: Welcome. So I definitely um, love that definition you got off of Urban Dictionary. I think it is spot on with everything. I do notice that um, I probably pester a little bit more than my daughter and her friends Not more than Heather, but more than me for sure. (laughs) And and I definitely um, uh, feel like I am like a force to be reckoned with because it, and that not only extends to my kids, but also to my grandkids and all of my kids' friends, you know, first of all, yes, they all come to my house, they all eat at my house, and they do all leave with leftovers, um, I could tell you what some of their favorites are because they come for breakfast very often. And mm-hmm. I intentionally buy a little extra to be able to send them home
1: with leftovers. Beautiful.
2: Um, as far as, of course, to be reckoned with, yeah, I, um, I support these kids like 200%. I, you know, don't get in their way they are more of a force to be reckoned with than I am. I am only as it relates to them. Don't get in my way as far as how I could take care of them, but they're in every way. I love it. And, I, and the
0: nurturing and the caretaking is so much a part of this. Stacey? Well,
3: my mom takes care of my kids. Everybody, everybody knows that between Heather and me and my mom, and maybe a couple nannies here and there. My kids get taken care of. We're sort of like a a communal parent for my kids. Um, but my kids know that, and and like Eli, especially my oldest, like he could write that definition of what is a Jewish mother, and he would have that exactly. But he would include things like um, challah on Shabbat because that's what you know. That's what we do. So that's what he thinks. Um, is Jewish. And, you know, he knows, you know, to the ki- the kid's perspective is different too. You, yes. you, you know, my, my kids go to Jewish day school um, and not because we're particularly religious in any way, but because that's the community I wanted them raised in. You know, I went to Jewish summer camp, but I went to um, secular school but now Eli has learned you know you know because have part I mean to jump in for Heather you know part of Heather being a Jewish mother is I hear Heather say all the time that her kids are going to go to Hebrew school and so my kids want to know all about what's Hebrew school and are they going to go to Hebrew school and so we talk about you know there's there's Jewish at home there's Jewish outside of home like you you're Jewish everywhere but people do Jewish things different ways so I guess the way I Jewishly parent other than sending my kids to day school is um, we do Friday night we do Shabbat and they have my mom like they they have my mom so that she, she Jewish
2: mothers the crap out of my kids. <laughs> <laughs> so I will, say, I will say that um, Sammy loves my matzo ball soup. He only likes to eat the matzo balls, of course. Eli loves the chicken soup. And when they happen to be at my house on a Friday night, if I am not making Shabbat dinner, they're a little confused and perplexed. I love it.
0: I and and I do want to come back to the whole Jewish food piece of this. Um because I think it's bigger. I mean, it is the nurturing, it is the caretaking, but I think Rabbi maybe from your perspective, it's also Jewish at your family table. It's 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 where we come together, it's where we do our blessings. It's it's so a snippet on that Rabbi and then I want to pass it to Heather who um has a unique perspective on this too. Food, Rabbi, what's that, what, how does food connect to a Jewish mother in your eyes?
1: In a big way. I mean, both Stacy and Carol mentioned Shabbat so, and challah, so that the food thing is big in terms of the fact that we have a ritual meal, you know, once a week. And so feeding for that meal and for all the other holidays is really an important piece in it. Um, but it's I think there's something something broader, something else about nourishing, you know, wanting to give that the nourishment is a, is a, a symbol of love. Yeah. And so that's really important. Now, I will say, you know I'm, I'm inside a Jewish world all the time. So I really want to hear from Heather in terms of without don't get yourself in trouble here. but like what what do you feel is, is the difference in terms of what you, your kids get? from your mom, as opposed to your mother-in-law, is there, is there something distinctly different? I mean, are we saying that this is a Jewish mother because that's what we know, but all mothers are like this, right. Or not.
4: Well, you know, I, so I, I have a very different kind of mother. My mother is a nurse. Um, my mother um, would burn anything. She tries to cook. Right. So it's it's a different type of mothering that you know I experience and that I that I give to my kids. But you know, the 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 nagging, the unstoppable force, that's her. Um, you know, my, my grandmother, I'm, I'm very fortunate. She's 90 years old. She's still alive. And she, you know, she's and she's more of a traditional Jewish mother, Jewish grandmother. Um, you know, why don't you have more children? You don't you you work too much. You need to do this. You need to come visit me. If you don't come visit me, um, I'm, you know, I'm going to die soon. I, I haven't seen the kids. I haven't seen you. So the unstoppable force fits in. Um You know, my mother is a nurse. And so um it was, you know, you have to do this. That You have to do this. You're you're not sick go to school um you know type thing so it's, it's it's a little bit different and it's not so much about the food you know I I like to bake challah with my daughter she likes to she likes to braid and she likes to do the dough um but she says you know she we make it and then she says to me um she says I like Stacy's challah better um, because she cooks it differently I, I like it fully cooked Stacy likes it half cooked um, That's true. <laughs> so we we do that, and we and we spend a lot of time together. But it's interesting, you know. I, my mother and my mother in law are very different. Um, you know, it's, it's, my my husband's family is Italian, and so there's a comedian. His name is Sebastian Maniscalco, and he's married to a Jewish woman. And he says, you know, the the the, the Italians and the Jews, it's same same behavior. Different. Your mother in law is pretty Jewish so you know my mother-in-law fits in all those jewish stereotypes right she's she she's a very good cook she's very very pushy she's controlling she takes over in ways that my mother would step back and say you know that's not my role but my mother will make me feel guilty that i don't take over and make it fair for her and so it's it's different um you know based on the 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 cultures and and the people but you know if if when my grandmother is present it's a whole different dynamic because my Grandmother is a is the matriarch of the family. She has, even when my grandfather was alive, she was always the boss. She was always the leader. And so it's 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 a very different thing. Um and when I when I married out, um, my my grandmother, I I was afraid that she'd be very upset. She was like, Are you sure you're not Jewish? (laughs) when <laughs> um, to get them because you know to, to her they they were the same as her and so it's 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 different when you when you marry out but when you marry out into a family that um you know comes together in in the same sort of cultural way even though it's different cultures it, it works and it, and it works for us and we we keep all of the holidays um and we we do most of our jewish things i would say with with Stacey and her family and it, it works for us it you know when we were talking before about you know how we, we, we raise our kids together, it's true. It takes a village. We call our kids the fabulous four. And they're, they're, they're more like siblings than like friends. Um, there's positives and negatives to that. But, you know, we, we are a community and we make our own village.
1: So
3: but but what, part, what Heather said, oh, go ahead, Rabbi.
1: Part of it is about uh, the mother's responsibility and the preser- preservation of culture. So, so much of culture is actually internalized literally by eating, you know, like what takes place at the dinner table, you know, as you said, making the challah, etc. And therein, you know, the Italians and other Mediterranean peoples also have a great desire to see their culture um, retain some vitality and vibrancy through the generations. So that's why, you know, that's why there's it's something. So there's something very similar in that and what you find from your in-laws and what you find from your own family, Stacy.
3: Yeah, well, with what Heather said about, like, our Jewish moms or her grandmother being, like, the matriarch of the family and, like, they're the boss, you know, people people say to me, well, of course you're a lawyer, you're Jewish, your choices were lawyer or doctor, right? And, yes, but not because that's what my parents expected as much as that's what they turned me into, like... (laughs) It's not like, it's not like, oh, you have to be a professional. It was the way we live life and the way I saw my mom do things and the way the women set the rules and all of that, like, that prepared me to be a girl boss, like, I wasn't scared to leave my firm and go out on my own. I mean, a little, but not like a normal person would be like a Jewish person who was self-empowered and had a strong mom and knew I could do anything in the world. Like, it, would, like, it wasn't a thought that I couldn't be a professional. Like, I could be anything I wanted to be because my parents told me I could be anything I wanted <laughs> to be. Every night we told you that. Right. And I thought that. I still think that. I'm pretty sure I could run the universe. Yeah.
0: There is no doubt in my mind that that is a deliberate front and center value as someone who looks at Jewish early childhood education separately from every other early childhood program and knowing that those values are part of family life, the value of education, the the confidence in your ability to succeed. I mean, and I will say in the article that I found, it said the Jewish mother is the person that raises you to be the unique snowflake that you are. Yes, because that unconditional love whether that, that is woven in every ritual, in every meal, in every blessing, in every hug is something that says you matter in this world. And that is the real power to me. Um, and combine that as the outsider, the way I look at it is when a Jewish mother carries the Jewishness. Well, Heather's like the expert at that. Okay. So back to Heather.
3: Heather's the expert at that because sometimes I want like a little bit, my kids to like fall in a certain box. And when they don't, it freaks me out a little and I'm not as good at embracing that. And Heather's like, let him be him. Like, and Heather will like help with that a lot. It, but it's important. It's important
4: for for your kids to feel that you're always proud of them. The the value of kvelling over every little thing that you kids do. Your kids do that. That's my mom. You know, she she can't cook to save her life, but every little thing that we do, she is proud. She advertises, every, and I have siblings that are very different than me, but every little thing we do, she is so proud of, and it, it, it builds that confidence, right? And so when, when you know, Eli is going to be a rabbi, and so when he, you know, is, is oh, most his school, <laughs> yes. and he's going to do all of these things, and he's going to teach my kids to be, you know better Jewish better jewish kids better jewish people but we have better jewish hearts you know he he comes from such a pure place and you know maybe it's not you know the other kids don't understand it but it's him and it's special and as long as you Tell your kids everything that they do is wonderful and special and, and instill in them a sense of pride in themselves. It doesn't just come from you. It comes from themselves because you, you give it to them early on. You know, that the sky's the limit. And to me that, you know, that's that's the best way to be a Jewish mother. Um, and it's it's important to them. It makes them feel good.
1: So if this is and I'm I'm not so sure, you know, I don't I'm I'm, I'm not positive about this. But if this is part of the uniqueness of a Jewish mother and a Jewish family, then I would suggest that what it comes from is that sense that you have inherited something from the past and you want to pass something on to the future and that you have an active role to play in that. And so that you're telling your kids what to do. You're telling, you're looking at what your grandkids are doing and you're telling them what to do. I, I just want to say something about my own kids. So I have three adult kids and I have, or five adult kids and five, uh, five grandchildren. And one of the things that I note about them, now we don't live near them, we don't live in the same place as them, is that they're very hesitant to, or very um, maybe even put off a little bit by too much, um, too many suggestions, by parents giving too many directions that they really want to live life on their terms based on what we have given them and what they have learned out there in the world. My older, you guys are laughing. My oldest son, who's a therapist, he once said to me, You know, when you suggest things all the time, what I'm hearing from you is you don't trust me. And so I always think what I'm what I'm what I'm making this suggestion is coming from this place of look, I'm 68 years old. I've experienced a lot. I can help you because I've seen it. And he says, then the real learning takes place in our capacity to make our own choices, to make our own decisions, as it were, and to make mistakes. So the over-imposing parent uh, doesn't allow for that. And then that kind of creates a, a very insecure creature, as it were.
0: Well, and that's where I would jump in and say that's where Jewish humor comes from, (laughs) because (laughs) there's no doubt in my mind that the over-involvedness is not always well-received. I mean, and, and as you said before, don't get anybody in trouble. You know, when we're sitting in a class with moms and we say, let's talk about mothers, your mothers and, and mother-in-laws, there's going to be some resentment, some ba- lack of boundaries, etc. cetera. And, 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 with, and I don't want to make the humor. It, it's, it's something that just says, I can love and accept that Jewish tradition.
1: I just thought of some, yeah, I just thought of something else. It's those very qualities that you're talking about, which you find so endearing in your mothers, you hate that in your mother-in-law. <laughs>
0: Right, of course, it's the, of,
1: it's the source of a lot of conflict between Jewish daughters in laws and their mothers-in-law.
0: Because so daughters it, can respond differently to their own mothers than they can respond to a mother-in-law. Um, oh, there, there's. Oh, we'll have a whole mother-in-law podcast. That just has to. Oh, be. we've got to do
1: a year <laughs> on mothers.
0: <laughs> but wait, I want to. I, I do have a a single specific question, and it and it's a thread you've thrown out a few times here, Rabbi, and that is. The the, the 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 propulsion of this tradition of this myth of this belonging that makes a, the the powerful jewish mother going forward yeah you've said twice rabbi that it's intentional and so i need to ask the young jewish moms um do they feel like it's a decision to protect and preserve Jewishness and Jewish
1: culture. Can I just correct uh, something? It may uh, be intentional, it, but it's not necessarily conscious.
0: Okay. So, okay. so Jewish young mothers um, Heather um, again, I think maybe an interface, you know, do, do you feel like there's that you're doing this for future generations um, or you for Jewish values and Jewish identity or for your kids and and something more personal, that's that's from their, connecting them to their past, or all the above.
4: So I, you know, I think a lot of ways it's all of the above because we we are very very lucky to live close by. To um, my grandmother and my mother, and you know, when when my 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 kids like to learn Yiddish, they think Yiddish is, is funny, um, and so you know, in our family, that's kind of the way we talk about Jewish. We talk about all the all the words and how they're they're funny words to say. Um, and my my grandmother, who's very sharp at ninety, um, enjoys it. She gets a kick out of teaching them all these new 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 Yiddish words, and so it's it's a way to you know connect, and it's, it's a family connection. Plus, you know, I'm very proud to be Jewish. I'm I'm not particularly a religious person, but I'm very, I I enjoy the culture. I enjoy the food. I enjoy the celebrations. And, you know, my kids pick up on that. We, you know, we, we like the PJ library books, some more than others. Um, And, and so, you know, there, there are intentional ways, but maybe it is a little bit um, subconscious. And, And the reason I think that you're right, that it's subconscious is because it brings comfort. And if it brings comfort to me, I think it also brings comfort to my kids. And so that's, that's how I interpret that.
0: I, I'm putting my hand on my heart because I want everybody to just to hold that value, that it's, that you, it's visceral, that the comfort of that, of that identity of that belonging is so beautiful for you to feel and to give to your children as mm-hmm. going forward.
3: Stacy. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's, it's completely intentional. I, I, you know, I grew up in a conservative kosher home. I don't have a, con- and, and I was married to someone who grew up in an Orthodox home. And we live a essentially completely non-religious life other than being, a, I should say, a non-observant life because we were just culturally Jewish. So my kids going to Jewish day school is so they get the Judaism. I mean, that's why they go and to be part of that community, because I feel like I don't do enough and my ex-husband doesn't do enough Jewishly at home that they'll get enough without school or without camp and without those things. So it's it's so intentional. It's so intentional. But I did want to say, you know, we make fun of the Jewish moms and we make fun of like, so... Everybody knows. No, Everybody knows. There are no boundaries with my mom and I. There are no boundaries. There's nothing she wouldn't say to me. Nothing she wouldn't tell me I'm doing wrong that I need to do better. Nothing that she wouldn't step in and take over. But my life and my kid's life, especially post-divorce, I mean, it only works because my mom does that. Like, I wouldn't function as a human and my practice would fail and my parenting would fail. And sometimes I border on nervous breakdown when she goes away because without that help and without that influence, like, like everyone is always shocked, like, how do you do everything? And I'm like, I don't, you just don't realize that my mom does. And that's why it's because she's taking my kids to doctor's appointments. She is like, we talk about the mental load, right? And as Jewish moms, we don't share that mental load, like no offense, rabbi, even though men think they help carry the mental load. It's, it's different. They can't. Um, but my mom actually helps carry the mental load. She's thinking about, does Eli need to go to the endocrinologist? Is Sammy, you know, signed up for this and signed up for that? So like that. Excuse overbearing me. I figured and out, bi-
2: I okay. figured out a bicycle riding solution, <laughs> by the way.
3: <laughs> that that overbearing and that, that intrusive and all of those things that we could stereotype negatively and that we make fun of our moms for, like, I would not function in my life without that. So mm. it goes right. both ways. Can I,
1: can I say something to that, Stacy? I, I think in this you're you're not giving yourself credit for something. And that is you're able to do that. You're able to accept all the help. You're able to accept all the comments, all the suggestions, because you're really confident inside of yourself. If you were insecure, it would be different. It would be different for you. So you began in this conversation by saying something like, you know you could do anything. You could run the universe. So you're saying you can run the universe, and yet in the position that you're in right now as a single mom who's an attorney in Boca Raton, you know you need your mother's help, and you gladly accept it. But that's because you're confident. It takes that for your mom, by the way, Carol, good job, because you obviously (laughs) gave her that confidence so that she can live her life that way and continue to to accept the support that's around her.
2: So I do want to say something on that, which is kind of interesting, is that, you know, I have two daughters, one who lives here and one who lives up in New York on different stages in their lives. But one... Let's, let's go with that. That was a very nice way to say it, Mom. Good job. <laughs> but one is very accepting of the help. And um, to be honest, well, yes, I kind of plug myself in there and maybe try to give her a little more help than what she wants. Some of that is also to say, like Stacy was saying, that I want to take this off your plate so that the time that you do have to spend... And particularly, I say that the time you do have to spend with your kids, you can just spend with them not worrying about it. Now, she was home, and my daughter from New York was home. And Stacy, you know, I told her something about the doctor's appointments I was making, and my other daughter was shocked. She was like, What? You do that for Stacy? How do I get in on some of this? But we have kids, Jessica. We have kids. That's the answer. No, it's for the no but the reality is that she, at least at this point in her life, and I'm not sure going forward, is a different kid than Stacy and wouldn't allow me to jump in and help with those things. And so as a Jewish mother, while I may be pushy and all the rest of those things, <clears throat> jumping in on Stacy, I do know the boundaries. And I step back when it comes to Jessica, because I know that's not something she wants me to be doing right now. Yeah. So you can do both.
1: Mm-hmm. I, well, that's, that's, that's the definition of wisdom. Truly. Uh, discernment, truly. discernment. Discernment.
3: And I'm yeah. okay with the rule pushing. Sometimes the rules from Heather's house and, and the, the things Heather says have to filter over to my house. Um, and Eli mm-hmm. will say, no offense mommy but heather's a little bit more responsible than you maybe we should do what she does i'm okay with it
4: (laughs) i'm safety mom that's that's really what she's referring to i'm safety mom i make them wear the shoes i i if they're jumping on the couch i'm like you can't do that you can't like you know make make things to take you down the stairs i'm i get worried about all those things and stacy's like let them be kids i love that full circle that brings
0: know, us to that full circle too. of everybody gets to be uniquely who they are to their strengths and still be that Jewish mom. Um, we're gonna let's do the wrap up and I'll give Rabbi the final word. But I, I kind of liked what Stacy was playing with earlier, and that is how Eli would describe a Jewish mom. And so I just ask you to sort of put yourself in somebody else's shoes or looking back on yourself and um, those traits that you really love about the parts of being a Jewish mom that you really, really are. So um, I am a Jewish mom. What does that mean
2: to you, Carol? Well, it's interesting because I'm not sure that I knew growing up all of those things about a Jewish mom consciously. I clearly knew that one of um, my grandmothers was not really a Jewish mom, and the other definitely was a Jewish mom. Um, And then as a young adult, I saw that my mother was not really a Jewish mom um, in a lot of ways, and neither was my mother-in-law, but my mother-in-law was very good at one thing, and that was the um, guilt, which was something that I had never experienced. It was not in my world. And so I find that's very interesting, and I, would be interested to find out actually if that's something I gave my kids because I don't, I don't know how to do that. (laughs) Interesting. Stacy?
3: Well, I think so, but (laughs) okay, yeah, no, I think so. Um, But, but that, that comes from everyone too. Like I think that I was raised Jewishly. So, you know, rabbi says he lives in a Jewish world. I feel like I grew up in a Jewish world and I went to public school, but I feel like I grew up in a Jewish world. My friends were Jewish, were mostly Jewish. I have a Jewish mom. They had Jewish moms. And, and to me, the biggest part of being Jewish was, was sleepaway camp. And so that's where, you know, I had Judaism. So I became Jewish in, in all of those ways, but I think that my kids, Maybe less Eli because he's older, but for sure Shabbat and food and the fact that I make them challah, like that's what makes me a Jewish mom to them. Mm-hmm. To them, that's what makes me a Jewish mom right. and that I make them eat. <laughs> and we
0: might have to come back to the guilt question. Um, <laughs> you know, I certainly see it tied in with um responsibility, community. Participation. If I know someone's evaluating who I am and what I do and cares that I live a, a good life, that I, that I do mitzvot, then there's guilt if I don't. So, you know, where does it get to be a slippery slope? We'll come back to that concept. Um, but uh, I'm not sure that all guilt is bad guilt and Rabbi no. and I have had that in other conversations so maybe maybe guilt from your mother is the best place to get it i don't have mom guilt but my sister doesn't
3: and we have the same mom so There there you go
0: heather uh what parts do you own about this i am a jewish mom or what would you like people to say about you
4: but to me i would turn it upside down that that guilt comes from a place of of support and it comes from a place of belief in your child that they they could always do better better for themselves better for their children better for their families and so yes there there you know there's there's the guilt there my my family is excellent at that but it it comes from a good place it comes from a place where you know i want you to enjoy a better life i want you to have what i didn't have i want you to do what i didn't have the opportunity to do so that 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 guilt is is a sense of belief uh, you know I believe that you can do these things I believe that you can do better and I and I think it, it, it works it, in my family it works very well um I, the mother-in-law conversation I, I can't comment because she she might watch this one day but but for my mom and my family and, and my grandmother especially that that guilt that it comes from a place of, of pride of, of joy and of wanting me to always do better than than they did beautiful Rabbi, we give you the final word. Thank
1: you. So let me let me just contextual. I know you guys have been speaking about the very practical and your experiences. I just want to contextualize this. It's in an interesting way because historically, Judaism has been known as a patriarchal religion. You know, it's the Elohim, Abraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov, right? And only in the more recent period do we begin to think about the matriarch. So specifically when I say contextualize, this week, we're reading about Rebecca, who's the like second Jewish mom. And Rebecca takes it upon herself to manipulate what's going on in, um, in the family to make sure that the son, she thinks would be the right one to be the bearer of the tradition and the values of the tradition, gets it. And she manipulates her husband, manipulates the whole scene so that Jacob becomes the forebearer of the people. Then moving forward throughout history, you know, the the Jewish the Jewish man has had all the kind of had the voice outside the house in the community, but make no mistake about it that throughout history, it was the Jewish woman that had the voice in the home. And she was responsible to create that home and to raise those children in such a way that they would be imbued with and filled with the essence of what was Jewish.
0: Perfection. Thank you, Rabbi, to be continued. Thank you all for joining us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shabbat shalom, everyone. Shabbat
1: shalom. Shabbat shalom.
0: Thank you so much for listening today, for being part of this moment, for being part of these Ahava connections, and for trying to give a little Ahava to one another. Thank you to my co-host Rabbi David Steinhardt for always adding timeless wisdom and a meaningful connection to our world and to this podcast. Thank you B'nai Torah congregation for being our community of support and a place to share with one another. You hold us together in a world that is too often pulling us apart. Thank you to Cantor Magda Fishman for your voice, your whistling, your song and the soul that you bring to everything you do. If you don't know Cantor Fishman, please check her out at Bene Torah Services. You will be transformed and inspired. Finally, thank you to the Jewish Federation of South Palm Beach County for helping to fund this Ahava podcast and Ahava Nature Shabbat. And to our Ahava Malahim, our angels, the families who also help underwrite these Ahava projects. For more information about B'nai Torah congregation, the website is btcboka.org. You can also find me, Karen Dearwester at familytimeinc.com. Until next time, Shabbat Shalom and give a little ahava.
3: Take care. When you give a little, ahava, you give a little love, you see. You'll make this world a better place, a much better place to be. When you give a little I have a, when you give a little love, you'll see. You'll make this world a better place, a much better place to be. You'll make this world a better place, a much better place to be.